0: Hey, true crime family, I'm K and I'm The Answer, and this is Bad Human. Hey, true crime family, welcome to Bad Human, a true crime podcast where we discuss those humans that reside where? At the bottom but of a rally curve. Today's case is uh, currently playing out in the news. Very exciting. So remember that this was recorded today. (laughs) Like You know what the fuck that means. Today meaning, what day is it? October 3rd. October 3rd. 2023. (laughs) So that is the latest information that you shall hear. Of course, we'll update, right, as we we get information that comes in. But received uh, quite a few requests to cover this. There's a lot of information out there. I, of course, had already gone down the rabbit hole and figured why not just keep digging and and let's do this. So it's a very interesting case. Follow us um, on Instagram at BadHumanPod because I would love to hear people's theories and thoughts. And this will all make sense when we get to the end of it. Lastly, thank you to everybody who has subscribed or follow us um, on Spotify, Apple, all the usual suspects. Really appreciate it. And with that, let's get to it. On May 10th, 2020, 49-year-old mom and wife, Suzanne Morphew, went for a bike ride. It was a Mother's Day, It it was a, it was Mother's Day, and she was looking to get a little fresh air and sunshine. Her teenage daughters, Macy and Mallory, were on a camping trip and were due to come home later that day to celebrate Mother's Day. When their mom did not respond to their Happy Mother's Day text messages, they called their dad as they were concerned. Their dad, Barry, was out of town that day, about 150 miles from their home that was in Salida, Colorado. He was in Broomfield. He was a landscaper and was apparently working a job. Mallory informed her dad they were unable to reach Suzanne, and Barry eventually decided to call one of the neighbors and ask them to check on Suzanne to see if her mountain bike was in the house or if she was. And she was apparently a very avid mountain biker. Because at okay. first I'm thinking, that's very specific there. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking to uh, plant plan a story here. Apparently, though, Suzanne was a very avid biker. Okay. When the neighbor could find no sign of Suzanne or her bike, Barry asked the neighbor to call the police. Which, why didn't he just call the police? I don't know. I guess he wasn't home. I don't know. Instead of heading home immediately, so the neighbor calls the police, it's around like 5 o'clock-ish. Instead of heading home immediately, Barry first dropped off a shovel and some other tools for his coworkers, And then he began to drive home a few minutes past six. 150 miles. What, like three hours? You're driving 20 minutes. Half of it on two wheels, probably. Suzanne and Barry had been married for 25 years, and they grew up in the same hometown of Alexandria, Indiana. They met in high school. Suzanne was popular and well-liked. Barry was a star baseball player who was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. Wow. I mean, I don't know where his career went.
1: I personally have never heard of him, but I
0: also don't know shit about baseball, so
1: Yeah, he probably was hung around in the minors for a while.
0: Oh, well, I didn't hang around the minors, so still that's impressive. The couple who began dating, um the couple began dating though after Barry graduated high school and married in 1994. Barry started a landscaping business, and Suzanne was a school teacher before she eventually left her job to raise their two daughters, like I said earlier, Mallory and Macy. According to friends, the Morphews moved from Indiana to a home just outside of Salida to be closer to their older daughter, Mallory, who was attending college nearby. But there were also rumors that the move was an attempt at a fresh start for Suzanne and Barry's troubled marriage. Oh.
1: Rumors. Bum, bum, bum.
0: May 11th, the next day, more than 100 people were involved in search parties looking for her. I mean, they had the dogs, helicopters, you name it. Barry put up a reward of 100 k um, for any information. The first deputies to arrive at the Morphew home found Suzanne's mountain bike nearby in the woods off the road. Her bike was found down a steep ravine, um... Deputies documented that the bicycle did not look like it had been involved in a crash, hmm. and there was no blood recovered from the scene, so it didn't look like she had been hit. Okay. Her sunglasses and hydration backpack were found inside her Range Rover, leading investigators to surmise the scene may have been staged and that she never had gone for her bike ride at all.
1: It seems to look that way. So it
0: is weird. Like if her bag, her hydration pack and sun, like sunglasses, things you would take with you, on the bike ride, mm-hmm. but then her bike is down the road Yeah, with no damage. Body-worn camera footage uh, from the, I think you say, Shafey. Sorry if you don't. County deputies speaking to neighbors and Barry during the search um, were published. Barry is told by the deputy that his bike's wife was found down an embankment just offside, just offside. A lot of football this weekend, mm-hmm. just off the side of the road. Barry then asks, is it a crash? The deputy responds by saying there does not appear to be any damage to the bike, to which Barry replies back asking if it was a possible mountain lion attack, Hmm. of which the deputy—and I've obviously watched this because I'm obsessed right now with body cam footage shows— you can hear him being like lion, like mountain lion, like this fucking guy. Like, I mean, it's very specific. Yeah,
1: I mean, there could have been some in the area, but still. I mean,
0: I don't know if mountain lions are like, run rampant. We
1: well, if she had, had her sunglasses, sunglasses and hydration packs.
0: I don't know. It's a very specific, uh, very specific question. I don't know. The video continues showing the deputy asking Barry questions about his wife's regular bike route. Toward the end of the video, the deputy is seen talking to other investigators, showing them where the bike was found. At one point, he's asked by the investigator about Barry's reaction to learning about the bike. The deputy tells investigators in a hushed voice that he, Barry, did not seem very distraught. Mm. Again, we we say this a million times. People react different in different situations. Yeah. But so far, we have Barry who doesn't seem super concerned. I think he's like more worried I think about mountain lions. Yeah, I think than so. he is about the fact that his wife's bike was found and, and if the bike is okay. The bike was okay. And on May 13th, so three days later, her bike helmet was found uh, just off the road, uh, again, close to the same area, and it was undamaged. Hmm. As with most missing person cases, the police first look at those closest to the victim and who was last in contact with her before she went missing. Immediately, suspicion turned to guess who? Barry? Barry. The last time anyone other than Barry heard from Suzanne was around 2.20 on May 9th. According to court documents, Barry said that he and Suzanne were together on the 9th and both agreed to turn off their phones to spend a wonderful night together. Mm. He said they had steaks, sex, and went to bed early. Yeah, it sounds like a great night.
1: That sounds like fun.
0: I mean, (laughs) I don't think that's what happened, but...
1: In which order?
0: At this point, we're... This is what Bear is saying. When talking to authorities, he stated that their marriage was solid and he was not aware of any cracks. Mm. May 15th, Suzanne's nephew, Trevor, talks to Nine News about his aunt's disappearance. Every morning early, we've been gathering and creating a game plan and we just sent a bunch of teams out. We have our biggest crew yet today going out again. We're working all day. He said search teams uh, searched towns and remote mountainous areas and looked for any clues they could find. They also used drones and scent dogs.
1: Hmm.
0: Like I said earlier, Barry had offered 100k for her safe return, and family and friends uh, got another 100k, which brought the reward to 200,000 dollars.: Wow. May 20th, 2020. This is when shit starts to get real. Ten days after Suzanne was reported missing, investigators found a spy pen in a walk-in closet in the Morpheus' master bedroom. Hmm. They learned that Suzanne got the pen, which is voice activated and records conversations, hoping to catch Barry in an affair. Instead, she inadvertently recorded conversations that she was having with her secret lover. Oh, the plot thickens. It took six months for investigators to identify the man. It turned out he had a wife and six children. Who? In Michigan, where he lived. He never came forward on his own after Suzanne vanished and took steps to hide the affair. But once agents came knocking, he cooperated, <laughs> provided oh, DNA, yeah. phone records, passwords, They were able to verify his alibi, and he was cleared. Can you imagine uh, alibi
1: his wife and his six kids? Would you not
0: freak the fuck out? Imagine if all of a sudden the news you see, like someone that you're having an affair with, is missing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like it's just yeah. That's where you move out of. I would turn
0: myself in. I was. I mean, I was raised by a police officer that you just tell on yourself so that you don't get busted.
1: So this is how this isn't
0: that a bitch though, man. Like, like you have this pen to try to catch him and you inadvertently catch your own indiscretion. You said the wrong password. To be clear, though, even adultery doesn't constitute that you should be murdered. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, we, we all make our choices. On May 22nd, so now we're 12 days later, investigators sift through the dirt at one of Barry Morphew's job sites near Salida. Oh. June 10th, nearly two dozen members of law enforcement conduct a community canvas. September 24th, Suzanne's brother, Andrew organized a five day search in the mountainous area where she was last seen. They were obviously getting frustrated. Oh, the family yeah. in- interviews, they said they basically started to organize their own shit because they were like, no one else can find her. So we're going to do our own thing. September 25th, A candlelight vigil was planned for Suzanne at Riverside Park. Again, still, there's really no leads. Now, keep in mind, even though the public thinks there's no leads, you know damn well that the police are digging. They're looking for phone records. They're not saying anything publicly. CCTV. October 7th, Barry speaks with CBS News Colorado and shares photos and love letters after her disappearance. He also shared a theory that he believed she had been abducted. Mm. Police began to dig in a little more to Barry.
1: As they should.
0: And here is what they find. Court documents stated that clearly uh, Barry's perception of their relationship was far from it. On May 5th, 2021, Barry Morphew was arrested on charges of murder, prosecutors initially alleged that Barry murdered Suzanne after she decided to leave him. In their arrest affidavit, prosecutors spelled out what they believed to have happened to Suzanne. And and next, we're gonna go through all the evidence. So, And this is where, again, I'm very curious to get everyone's opinions on this. In their arrest affidavit, prosecutors spelled out what they believe happened to Suzanne. Quote, it became very clear that Barry could not control Suzanne's insistence on leaving him and he resorted to something he had done his entire life. Hunt and control Suzanne like he had hunted and controlled animals. Bear was a big hunter. We'll get to that here in a minute. He faced charges of tampering with physical evidence, attempting to influence a public servant, tampering with a deceased human body, and possession of a dangerous weapon. Now, keep in mind, they have not found her body. So they're pressing, which is really hard to get a conviction when you don't have an actual body. You can't technically prove she's even dead, but now you're trying to. So let's talk about the evidence. First, we have a tranquilizer dart cap. The FBI found a tranquilizer dart cap in the dryer at the Morpheus home. Prosecutors contended that it was an important piece of evidence. They believed that when Barry arrived home the afternoon of May 9th, before they shut off their phones and, you know, had steak and made mm-hmm. love, according to Barry, mm-hmm. he went into the garage, took this cap off of the syringe, used it to load a tranquilizer dart, and they did find a tranq gun, injected the dart with a chemical, and shot Suzanne though they failed to find a working tranquilizer gun or tranquilizer chemicals in the home. Barry told investigators he had no idea how the cab got in the dryer, but admitted that he was an experienced tranquilizer dart gun shooter. And he knows how to load darts with paralyzing chemicals, having used them to illegally sedate deer and remove their antlers to sell. (laughs) I mean, listen. If I had to, I mean, that's a good way to deflect from murder. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, I don't didn't worry. kill my wife, but I've done. I'm a piece of shit yeah, for other reasons. I've done other
1: illegal shit. You should worry about.
0: But like I said, they found this cap. They didn't find the chemicals. They didn't find or the, the gun. So or a working gun. They what said they it? didn't find a working tranquilizer yes, gun. Yeah, good, good catch. Barry's defense lawyers countered: this cap means nothing because no one could say how long it had been there. Furthermore, they say that there is no evidence tying the cap to their client.
1: Nah, he has got a point.
0: Truck and phone tracking. Prosecutors noted phone records and telematics of the truck, showing Barry arriving home on May 9th, the day before the disappearance, at around 2.44 p.m. They questioned the agent about what appeared to be Barry circling the home, so they have the his phone pinging, and yep. also, try, I mean, apparently cars now these days are super fucking smart too. Oh
1: yeah, a lot of them are. They're well, not like. Kit, had...
0: Remember, Kit? What was that, Kit? Yeah, Kit. Knight yeah. Rider. Wow. Well, Kit's going to tell Michael. on you. They questioned the agent again about what appeared to be Barry circling around the home. However, so this, and by the way, what I'm going through is the affidavit from the, the pre-trial, basically, okay. like to try to get an indictment. The defense argued that the person who was testifying didn't know if the phone was moving or was still. The agent said that Barry told him that he was driving around the property shooting chipmunks. (laughs) It's the chipmunk alibi, everyone. Alvin, Simon, and Theodore are like, fuck
1: this guy. He's trying to take out
0: Chippendale. Speaking of Chippendales, we are going to Vegas.
1: (laughs) Not there, though. (laughs)
0: investigators Thunder say Donald. for the next several hours the doors on the truck were being opened and closed so remember this is the ninth mm-hmm. at 5:33 p.m they say the truck apparently had some kind of system reboot but agents couldn't explain what would cause this afterward the truck was moved down the driveway about a hundred feet it wasn't until around 3:30 a.m the next morning when investigators say data showed the truck moved uh, prosecutors combined this with the phone records showing that Barry was traveling to Broomfield, mm-hmm. which we talked about that earlier. He had a job there around 4:20 AM is when Suzanne's phone sent its last signal. Investigators also say that Suzanne took her last selfie or proof of life. Um, the afternoon of May 9th of which she sent that to her lover. <laughs> oh. Again, that's the last timestamp they have showing that she's actually alive. So again, they have his truck moving out We're at 5.30. He's driving around shooting chipmunks. <laughs> and then the truck doesn't show moving again until 3.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Doorframe damage in the home. Police say there was a dark vertical crack along the doorframe of the couple's master bedroom. Investigators showed Barry a photo of the damaged doorframe explaining, and he said that the prior owners, um, correction, I'm sorry, I can't read my own typing, I can't read my own typing. Yeah, good work. It's in Wingdings. I like to play. <laughs> I just figure out what the fuck I wrote. Investigators showed Barry a photo of the door, explaining the prior owner said it wasn't there when they sold the house. Barry was asked if it was a result of an argument or him being locked out. He said, I have no idea what that's from. Investigators believe that Barry may have damaged the door as he tried to get to Suzanne after shooting her with a tranquilizer gun. <laughs> I mean, okay. so, like this is what I'm saying. Some of this is a little bit of a reach yeah. for me. Yeah. But when you in it, very circumstantial. Yes. Let's talk about trash.
1: Oh. Um, still talking about Barry.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he did. I really don't. Okay. So I'm going to be very, typically, you know me. Yeah. I'm opinionated. Yes. You know, I'll say I think he did it. She did it. I don't know. They did question numerous trips to trash cans at various properties, including that hotel that he had checked in for work on the 9th, um, or the 10th, excuse me. He stopped at five locations total in Broomfield to throw shit away. The FBI testified that in the first run, he stopped next to a trash can at an RTD bus station for about 90 seconds, and the passenger and driver's side door in his truck opened. He then went to the hotel, and before checking in, parked along the back next to the trash can where the truck door opened again and closed. He then left the hotel and threw items away at McDonald's. Hmm. Barry at one point told investigators he was probably throwing away wrappers at McDonald's and later said he could not remember um, where else he had stopped. He did say after stopping at the restaurant, he went to the large trash bin near a men's warehouse store and spent about 40 minutes in that parking lot. Later that afternoon, Barry placed a full trash bag, tree planter, and a camouflage jacket in a trash bin near the hotel. Hmm. This was so as I was going through like the evidence, this one is tough for me to understand why. Yeah. Like the, I'm, I don't understand. Like the Trent cap. Okay, I mean, there's shit that you find in your pockets or your jacket and you throw it in the dryer that's been there for months. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many chapsticks have we lost? R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Chapstick in the dryer the door frame yeah shit happens maybe they were moving something it got hit yep. maybe it didn't this one though was a little t- even the truck okay but the tr- this to me is really weird it reminds me of a uh, brian walsh who remember he threw that tr- he was on the bracelet that guy was a fucking idiot he's the <laughs> one who was on the bracelet and they literally just tracked him like going to home depot when he said i went to get ice cream yeah dumping shit in the dumpster at his mom's house that guy i need to actually get an update on that case He's, he's an idiot. Um, let's talk about though. This is where things become a little exposed. This is my fear, by the way, we've talked about this. When I die, there's two things. And what are they? One, I don't want to die. Where? On the toilet. Correct. I literally want to get something notarized that says you are allowed to move my body off the toilet and it's not tampering with evidence. Mm, Unless you killed me and then that would be different. And the other thing I'm scared of is my messages, emails, things getting published. And if it's part of a court document and they unseal those documents, then it becomes public information. Actually, a lot of people should be fucking worried if my Mm -hmm. communications get... (laughs) We have a few group threads that people are going to think that we're all like alcoholics and have a gambling problem. I think people probably think that anyways, but...
1: Hold for applause.
0: Oh, so Barry, Barry, Barry... Barry tried to delete text messages and emails that clearly did not paint the pretty picture of his marriage that we will uh, get into here in a second. Barry, again, for his affidavit, said that the day that Suzanne went missing, he left the house around 5 a.m. and made the drive. He checked into the hotel. He said she was sleeping when he left in the morning. That was the last time he saw her. They're watching CCTV. And so they find him. He gets to the hotel, checks in. Later, around noon, he gets back to the hotel and doesn't leave again until around five. So he spent very, very minimal time at the job site. He also said, so what was he doing in the room from noon to five? He also said that he was at the job site when his neighbor called him, remember around five o'clock, to tell him that Suzanne was missing, but surveillance video shows he was actually at the hotel and really spent, like, no time at this job site let's talk about the text messages. In June of 2023, court documents were unsealed containing those messages between Suzanne and Barry and a few other people. These clearly dispute Barry saying that they were happily married. I'm not gonna read through all of them. The articles that I use will link in the show notes. You can absolutely read through all of them if you want to. Just a few to give you an idea. Leading up to her disappearance on April 24, 2020, Suzanne sent a message to Barry that was recovered um, from his iPhone saying, Oh, I'm sure your mistress has you all happy now. So you can say that you love me, but bully me when you're with me. Yeah, that's love. On May 6th, 2020, at 1013 AM, she sent a message to Barry informing him of the following I'm done. I could care less what you're up to and have been for years. We need to figure this out civilly. On May 8th at 928 AM, Suzanne is texting back and forth with her older sister, Melinda, and says, I'm sure I struggle with some of the same. It's been hard dealing with the harsh abrasiveness and having to show respect. He's also been abusive emotionally and physically. There's so much hard to share it all and give you a clear picture. Last year, he gave me lots of time to realize and see things for what they are. I went through a period of acceptance, and I feel more angry now, anger at what I've allowed. Hmm. So, I did not find anywhere that said that it's been proven that Barry was having an affair. I mean, there's been the idea thrown out there. Mm -hmm. However, we do know that Suzanne was having an affair. Um, a multi-year affair, actually. I read somewhere between five and six years. A few messages between her and Jeff. I mean, they started communicating back in 2014. Um, basically, they were communicating through LinkedIn. But I never thought about that. Like that. I mean, because think about that. How many people are like think that you're going to have an affair with someone through LinkedIn? I, I mean, would A job search starts with a job search, and yeah, then that's all it does. All it takes ends with love um so they have conversations back and forth she says to him and one message i have to admit i'm a little off without you babe it makes me a little sad but it changes nothing in my heart just makes me see how much i truly love you and the same conversation she says sometimes when i see his reactions i realize how long it's been um the kind been in some of her grammar like which my grammar and texting is terrible too like these are verbatim yep But basically says that, like, if we quit this, it's going to turn ugly. He's a manipulator. He then is angry, gives me silence. Um, Basically, it's just there's a clear message here that she is miserable in the marriage. They aren't getting along. On May 8th, 2020, so the day before, she sends a message to him saying, you're the only real love I've known, the only love I want. Good night. I'm thinking August and being wrapped up with each other where we both belong. Last message Suzanne ever sends, along with that selfie she took of herself laying in the backyard, says, He's headed home. I'll be spotty. I love you deeply, babe.
1: Mm.
0: So ugh. there's also text between her and her friend Sheila. Again, I'm not going to read through all these, but there is definitely a theme between the messages that Suzanne is very unhappy. She feels that it is a loveless marriage, that he is a manipulator, you know. And th- this is, like, the one side of the messages. So I'm not victim-shaming here, but, you know, th- these are her messages, right, and what she's saying about the relationship. You can definitely tell she's struggling, though. You can tell—and there's also parts in here where she talks about their daughter. So it sounds like—and one of their daughters was living at home one was in college— that he would get the girls involved and say nasty things. So it it doesn't feel like, Hmm. but you know, again, we weren't there. No. So these are what the messages say. So I will post those. So those came out, those were unsealed in 2023, but like keep in mind that Barry was arrested in 2021. So in December of 2021, let's go back to that now. So Barry's been arrested, right? They presented all the evidence that we went through. The judge assigned to preside over the case is removed. He removes himself after defense attorneys raise questions about a conflict of interest. In February of 2022, the murder trial was moved to Fremont County. Officials say the reason at the time was because of the size of the community and the uh, pervasive negative uh, pretrial publicity. Since Suzanne's disappearance, the court finds that a fair trial cannot take place in, uh, again, I think it's Chafee County. I'm really sorry for all of our Colorado listeners. This is a high-profile case in a relatively small county with a small jury pool. The media saturation is high.
1: Yeah, okay. I can see that.
0: March 1st, 2022, Barry's lawyers asked for a dismissal after they received an internal affairs document, an internal affairs document, surrounding the Colorado Bureau of Investigation's agent in charge, Joe Cahill. In a court filing, the prosecution claimed the defense was taking bits and pieces out of context. Essentially, they're reaching for any reason to Mm -hmm. get a dismissal. In a series of pretrial motions, Barry's defense attorney pressed judges to impose severe sanctions on the prosecution for failing to turn over potentially exculpatory evidence ahead of the trial. This comes into the Brady law. So basically, if you have information that could prove an innocence, the innocence of the defendant and you don't disclose it, that's a Brady violation. We've talked about that in other cases before. Yeah. So basically, the defense team is accusing the prosecution of withholding uh, potentially exculpatory evidence. The judge agreed with them and imposed damaging sanctions, including barring 11 of their 16 endorsed expert witnesses. Um, including the DNA, vehicle data, the cell phone data, basically all these as a punishment for violating discovery rules. Uh, They also excluded 14 of the prosecution's expert witnesses, so in all. So they took, yeah. I mean, also follow the fucking rules. Like, you know, if you have to share, I mean, think about if you were the defendant and the prosecution had information, maybe it wouldn't prove you're innocent, but the defense still has the right to know it. Yeah. You know, they can, so... The judge found the district attorney and her team repeatedly uh, missed deadlines and failed to turn over important information and wrote, it is clear to this court there is a pattern of discovery violations in this case attributable to the people. Their actions amount to negligent and arguably reckless disregard. Prosecutors said the court uh, did not find willful misconduct associated with the discovery violations, noting, ultimately, the sanctions imposed greatly damaged the people's case. Um... (laughs) basically saying that you've screwed us well you yeah. kind of screwed yourself and you didn't follow the rules
1: yeah
0: April 19th so we're nearing now the trial date keep in mind they still haven't found her yet yeah you know the evidence that basically they have so what do you think happens at the trial what do you think they're gonna find him guilty or not guilty not guilty there was no trial on April I was 19th this
1: trial you you come on. on you can't do that
0: April 19th 2022. A judge dismissed the case against Barry Morphew. The 11th Judicial District Attorney filed the motion to dismiss that prejudice. So that means that basically they can refile charges. So if it was dismissed with prejudice, that means you can't basically refile. Not, I'm not a lawyer. Okay, this isn't legal advice. Mm-hmm. Basically, though, being dismissed without prejudice means that they could always refile against him at a later date. Attorney Linda Stanley, of the procedural violations that Barry had gone through, right, they claim they had filed a $15 million lawsuit against prosecutors and investigators accusing them of violating Barry's constitutional rights. From what we know, Barry is innocent, and he was from day one. DA Stanley and law enforcement got it wrong. We hope the authorities will quickly admit their wrongful persecution of Barry, an innocent man, to treat the Morpheus like the victims they are. And charge the person responsible for the killings. Now, this is, <laughs> this I was kind of like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on, dude. July 21st, 2022, so right after his case is dismissed, Barry pleads guilty to forgery for filling out and turning in Suzanne Morphew's 2020 ballots. <laughs> Barry used her ballot to submit a fraudulent vote for President Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election. What? Not going to turn this into politics, but I just find it very ironic that the person who claimed that he lost literally had a fraudulent vote. Yeah.
1: Oh my god.
0: Back in October well, of 2020, do- god, Barry. I know, it's like dude, what the fuck. Back in October of 2020, uh, the county clerk reported to the sheriff's office that she received a mail-in ballot for Suzanne A person she knew was missing since May 2020. Again, that small community Mm -hmm. and therefore an arrest affidavit uh, was released for Barry's arrest. In April, he was interviewed by the FBI agents about the ballot and asked why he did it. He replied, just because I wanted Trump to win. I just thought that I would give Trump another vote. (laughs) Like I said, he pled guilty to forgery of a government-issued document and was sentenced to 32 hours of community service as well as one-year deferred sentence. A judge also ordered him to pay $1,000 in fines and court costs.
1: I thought it would be a little worse than that because that's, yeah. But it makes you wonder, like, is he just
0: that dumb? Like, maybe he really didn't know what happened to her. (laughs) You know,
1: I I don't know. Maybe he could be playing the dimwit card. Well,
0: on September 22nd, it was a Wednesday. Authorities announced that they found the remains in the area of Moffat, Colorado, about 45 miles south of uh, Suzanne's home. But again, they didn't know when they found the body in the 22nd who it was. It was nowhere near where they initially thought she would be, and they'd been looking. They'd actually said a few months earlier they had a pretty good idea of where she was at, but it was in rough terrain. And they were this time looking for somebody else. Oh, According to authorities, Suzanne... So they found the body on the 22nd. On the 27th, though, they did confirm that it was her body. According to authorities, Suzanne Morphew was not found anywhere in the vicinity of her home, the town nearby, or the county she lived in. Her remains were found in a shallow grave in a dry desert field of sagebrush and natural grasses. Contrary to prior accusations, her remains were not found in a Rocky Mountainous region near her home not a location that was difficult to get to because they had said that they, had a, they knew where she was, but it was in a difficult spot. Mm. They came across her while searching for another woman named Edna Quintana. The coroner positively ID'd her remains on the 27th. Mm. That takes us to current. couple of things to think about. So is there a serial killer? Mm-hmm. There has been a number of people, including Edna, who they were looking for, that has recently gone gone missing. Is it Barry? I don't know. I listen. I I've, this. Do you see why I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. There's some. other he's just it, like the elevators well, not going to the top floor.
1: So that was south. Which way was he traveling for work? That's where I'm getting to. So he was going. North, it was the wasn't opposite it? direction. Yeah. So
0: he would have had to driven hours. So when they they mapped it out they're like this, I don't, I mean, it's really hard to to pin in there. Finding the body has blown up basically the prosecution's case because it really kind of shits on a lot of the things that they had, including the location
1: of the body. It would make it very difficult for Barry to be where the hotel saw him. Unless when he dropped the body off, it was to someone he was working with to take it. That's a theory.
0: So there is a theory that he had help, that he had somebody Mm -hmm. with him. Uh, Ryan Brackley, who is a longtime prosecutor, um, that was reading an article, and he was quoted. I agree with this. He said he believes it should be treated like a cold case and put in new hands. That they just need to bring in brand new people, fresh, fresh minds. eyes, fresh eyes, and like fresh minds to your point, and just get after it.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds about right.
0: Also, there was DNA found in her vehicle. Investigators discovered mysterious male DNA in her Range Rover. Um, in October 2020, DNA testing revealed that it was a partial match to an unmatched man connected to three unsolved sexual assault cases in Tempe, Phoenix, and Chicago. So keep in mind, they had this DNA testing and Barry was arrested in
1: 2021. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Whoops.
0: Yeah, the uh, forensic uh, analysis determined that unknown male DNA was on the bike helmet, the bike, Suzanne's car, um, and her glove box and back seat. So again, the DNA is a partial. It's a partial match. Yeah, but still. But how is that? How is it a partial match there? Yeah. So that's where we are right now. Um, so Barry has not been arrested. I've watched a lot of court TV and different opinions of this. And the consensus is that, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like this—that is worn. a
1: consensus. Is the consensus, I don't
0: know. <laughs> no one fucking knows.
1: Oh my god! The
0: only there was an article that pub, that just came out today that Suzanne's sister made a comment, and she did say that while it is extremely sad, they at least are happy—not happy. That's a well, terrible word to use. Well, they have comfort. Yeah. In the fact that now they at least have located her so that they can i don't think you ever get closure in a situation like this but at least they're going to be able to like bury her remains or or do whatever it is but at least now they know that they have found uh, their loved one
1: yeah
0: so that's currently what's going on love to hear your thoughts again follow us on instagram at bad human pod listen ultimately no matter what happens there is an innocent woman who is dead she's a mother if it wasn't Barry, then you know what? He's a grieving husband. Regardless of the state of their marriage, there was still love there at one point. Yeah. So Barry is innocent until proven guilty. I don't know. I, like, I really don't.
1: What do you think? Unless he had had help, I, it, it could easily be him if he had help because he could obviously have dropped off the evidence and gone the other way, but the whole extra DNA in the car, the bike, and the bike helmet... That adds, it blows it up even more. And
0: I'm sure, I mean, they'll have to probably, i sure more do, bleh, I can't talk, to more analysis on that. But yeah. Yeah. And if anybody else out there, I mean, there's a lot of information on this case. I, I mean, I try to do the best diligence mm-hmm. I could, but if you know anything, any listeners out there, um, again, please comment. Um, feel free to disagree if I mm-hmm. have something wrong. Again, there's a lot of information. Accuracy is important. Um, ultimately, the most important thing is solving this case. So the family can have, again, to your point earlier, any sort of any sort of closure which i don't think you ever get that in this but so as always there you go thank you to everyone who um has commented if you've subscribed if you follow us on spotify thank you apple really appreciate it and uh our thoughts go out to the family family friends and loved ones Mm -hmm. of suzanne morphew as always please remember to treat yourselves and each other with love kindness and respect i'm k mack and i'm the answer Good good night